0: Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox.
1: Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode, and you are in for a real treat today because I have Rebecca Turco. She is the Vice President of Learning at SAI Global. Rebecca is going to talk to us about what I think is one of the most innovative tactics, techniques, and strategies that I've heard of, and it's around compliance learning, ethics learning, and learning in general. So, Rebecca, with that introduction, welcome, and thank you for taking the time to visit with me today. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. And so, just to emphasize the international scope of not only what you do, but this podcast, could you tell our listeners where you're speaking to us from today?
0: Sure. I am actually in Milan, Italy at an ethics and compliance forum. So spending time with global compliance officers, legal teams, talking about the challenges that they're facing in the industry, where they see compliance going, and some of the bigger uh, risk topics in the broader integrated risk management field that we see ourselves in today.
1: Rebecca, I was wondering if you might uh, tell us a little bit about your professional journey, not only to learning, but also to SAI Global and how you got to the position of Vice President of Learning.
0: Absolutely. So I have a background in education. So basically, I've started my career working for education companies in publishing. Highlights for Children, I think, was the first company I worked for, putting up books for kids, and then works through a couple other publishing companies. So I'm well-versed in learning how adults learn, learning theory, how kids learn. So my background really is about supporting learners and making sure that we're, you know, getting information across to them in the time of need, as well as understanding how they consume information. So I started SAI around five years ago, worked in the back end to kind of understand what we were doing as a business. And then have continued to grow within the company, looking at new ways to think about compliance and ethics outside of regulatory compliance, you know, check the box regulations from the government. But really thinking about how do you dive into effective training? How do you dive into making sure your learners are aware of risks that they face? And also thinking about the culture aspect of, you know, what is a good culture and how do you drive, you know, an ethical culture from the bottom up as well as the top down.
1: So, Rebecca, one of the things that regulators have started asking, and when I say regulators, I mean the prosecutors from the Department of Justice and lawyers from the Securities and Exchange Commission have started asking compliance officers is to really two things around compliance training. One is, is your training tailored for the individual employee or a high-risk employee or groups of employees? And two, is your training effective? And this started a dialogue that I think was really missing from the compliance field, which has led you and your colleagues at SAI Global to come up with what I think are just some fabulous innovations. So I was wondering if you might be able to kind of talk us through those two topics and then really how you were able to respond to what started out as a legal need, but that really developed into a market need.
0: Absolutely. So I'll, I'll talk a little bit about the targeted. And I think, you know, organizations have been struggling with how to target users and how to make sure they're getting the right content to the right employees. And I think at the beginning of the compliance ethics space, you know, when we thought about targeted learning, we thought about making sure it was localized, making sure that, you know, employees were taking in their native language making sure that the branding and the color palette kind of matched what we would see in that company's corporation. And then we started thinking about it a little bit more in depth. And we started saying, you know, as an employee in a company, I need to know what my risks are. What is my risk profile for that business? What do risks look like to me? So I can read a policy. I can understand what a conflict of interest is. I can understand what a bribe is. But what I may not understand is how that information is presented to me in my daily job. So it's not always obvious that I'm being bribed or that it's not always obvious that there may be a conflict that I'm you know, walking into based on my knowledge of the definition of those policies and what it means to a business. It's really about thinking about how is Rebecca or any learner going to know that she's being bribed if it's not obvious. And so we took a stab at thinking about real-life business scenarios that put learners in situations that they would face, whether they work in sales or they work in finance or for the procurement department. So we started to get targeted and really use underlying technology to drive at that. So the technology and the content are the two key things to a successful program. And our technology enables us to really ask specific questions about people's jobs, roles, functions within the business as well as take a look at, you know, giving them and feeding them up content that's relevant for that profile of a user. So it takes a little bit more of a personalized approach in which we're trying to make sure that that learner gets the information that they need to be successful. So on top of that, you know, great, now we've got targeted training, you know, is it working right now? Great that my employees are seeing relevant content. You know, how do you know if it's effective? And that's really an interesting question. And I would say that's one that I think everyone I've talked to in the past year and a half has asked. How do we know if it's effective? How do I know I'm managing the risk of my employees? And I'll say two things to that. One is you've got to have really good content and you've got to ask really good questions. And the questions can't be just you know assessment questions at the end of a piece of content or test questions during a piece of content. They have to be what I call reflective questions, right? Where you're asking them, well, what do you think? given this information, do you think that this is a bribe? Or do you think there's a conflict here? Or do you think we're breaching security? And these reflective questions really gauge what employees think as a time of need, which then allows you to gather that data to start to analyze and provide insights on what employees think about a situation versus how they performed in an assessment or, you know, passing of a course. And so we've taken our content to the to the level to say, you know, the questions around content, the questions around risk areas have to be complex. You have to make sure that the scenarios are real life. And you have to gather that data, you know, report back in to say, you know what, it looks like our salespeople who are remote don't understand this policy. They don't understand why this is important to them. And there's something we need to continue to train on. And I think that's where you're (coughs) going to start to see your return on investment. That's where you start to see employees engaging. And you start to be able to put a story together around why are you training on these risk areas? You know, why are these risk profiles important to your company? But I think it's a combination of really thinking about the content, the questions, and then the data and the insights that you want to get from those to really talk about an effective training program.
1: So that really moves us to the area that I think is truly, truly innovative, and that's the adaptive training. Could you talk to us a little bit about what adaptive training is and how, you guys develop that and more importantly how a compliance officer or compliance function can utilize that going forward.
0: Absolutely. So our adaptive training is really about asking you know questions to the learner at the onset of a course or a learning experience. So if you were to open up your global data protection course you may get a couple questions about your role. Do you work with data? Do you work with third-party data? Do you work with your customer data? Do you work with internal data? And as you start to answer these questions, we're collecting and basically creating a profile of content that you need to take. So on the back end, the technology is saying this learner's profile is she's working with you know, third-party data. She's working with internal data. So She probably needs more content around data processing and the data controlling when it comes to GDPR than an employee who maybe works with no data. That employee may have lower risks and therefore needs a shorter amount of content to understand what GDPR is or understand what the risk area is. So The adaptive technology basically is taking what we call branching and letting a user profile in, answer questions based on their role, based on their risk, based on who they work with, and then providing them the content that's relevant to them and giving them kind of extra content if needed or just giving them the bare minimum. And what this does is two things for the compliance officer. One, it starts to create a more engaging experience for the user. The user goes into the course and they already think it's personalized. Wow, they're asking me questions. So this isn't just one-size-fits-all. They care about me and they care about my role you've already upped the level of engagement from a learner perspective. And then you start to gather this data on the back end and you start to look at your user profiles. You start to see if there are areas in which you need to train more on, right? If everyone is not understanding what a data processor is in the same role and function, you can start to target training to those employees. And you also can start to think about building campaigns around that. So if, if everyone has done phenomenal in the GDPR course, and you realize that you still need to kind of remind them about it throughout the year, you can start to use that data to start to show, listen, everyone passed us. So, you know, in the next six months, we're going to do maybe a mini campaign around GDPR and just remind them of why it's important. And maybe instead of testing them a year later, we're going to just give them assessment and we're going to see if they remember everything that we taught them. And if they didn't, we'll do targeted training. So it gives you a lot more flexibility And it gives you the ability to not constantly train on the same risk areas. I mean, when I think about training, and if you, you know, start in a new company and you get 14 courses or, you know, five hours of the training, you don't remember that, right? But that's time that you're not learning. That's that time that you're not productive. So when you start to gather these data points and you start to really understand what your risks are and where employees are and their learning paths across these risk areas, you can start to be really effective at how you take them and how you train them and really, you know... What I would say is let them be able to not take a course if they understand the risk areas, right? Give them credit for understanding the risks in their business instead of making them go through that course year after year.
1: I've heard one further description that works with adaptive training called branching. It seems to be where you would actually refine the user experience even more by having more detailed questions in your database. Is that a fair assessment?
0: That is a fair assessment. The branching is basically just taking different question sets and mapping them to either new questions or new pieces of content. And you, you know, branching can be as sophisticated as you want or as simple as you want. And so I think, you know, the use cases that we see right now with companies is the branching is light side, where companies are doing kind of their first or second round of branching where they're asking a series of questions and providing up relevant content. We also have use cases where we've had clients use extreme branching. To really get down to you know training very specific across region, across role, across risk area, and across the, what we call a pre-assessment. So there's a couple different flavors to branching, but yeah you're basically just mapping content and questions to a series of responses.
1: One of the really powerful things I heard you say about adaptive learning is that it takes the user experience and not only helps recalibrate or provide additional data to the user, but it also helps the company understand what the user's experience is, if there are any gaps in the training knowledge, and perhaps even more proactively are the gaps in the compliance program. Is this almost a loop of continuous improvement by using adaptive learning? It
0: is. I think the use case for adaptive learning is that once you start doing it, you're always going to continue to do it. You're always going to refine it. That's not to say you won't have content that you push out to all of your employees around the code or some, you know, campaigns that they're running. But the more information you get, the more data you're collecting, the more you're personalizing that experience for the learner and the more that you're serving them the content that they need. Every learner is on its own path. So depending if day one on the company or day, you know, 500, you have a different learning path. And, to you know, our goal is to make sure that we meet you where you are. And that the training is relevant for you so that you understand it, you know why you're getting it, and then you know what the risks are that you need to avoid or how to avoid those risks. And I think when you start to use the adaptive technology, you really get down to that level versus kind of a blanket one size fits all. You know, year after year, learners are disengaged. They don't know why they're taking these courses, they don't know what it means to them. So you may be checking the box from a compliance standpoint, but you're actually not thinking, identifying any risks because, you know, your learners aren't even. They have no idea why they're taking this course. They have no idea what a bribe looks like to them. So I think for us, it's really kind of the first iteration to continue on the path of really getting personalized with the
1: learner experience. The content is only one part of the training equation, as I understand it. It's also how do you deliver that content? And this is another area that I think your team and SAI Global are truly innovative. And that's the Ethics Anywhere training solution. So I was wondering if you might be able to transition over to a discussion about training platform and how you deliver the content.
0: Yeah, Ethics Anywhere is uh, our our new uh, solution at SAI Global uh, around compliance and ethics training and really kind of integrated risk management training. You know, we took a look at, given my background's learning and given that I care about kind of the path of a learner and making sure that we're being effective, there's a lot of technology in the world today and, and compliance members and organizations aren't Technologists, right? They're not IT professionals, so we thought, how do we make this easier? How do we think about making our solution easier? How do we kind of remove some of the common barriers you hear in the world today? So what we've done is really kind of taking modern technology and really removed as many barriers as possible, right? So the idea that the content doesn't work across the device, or the content doesn't work in my language, or I can't log in, right? So all of these kind of barriers, we've removed them. And we've started to put together kind of our story of every learner, regardless of technology, is going to access our content. So it's localized in your language. It is tracking your effectiveness, right? It's tracking the data underneath it. It is giving you all of the you know access, right? So mobile phone, tablet, your work screen. You're able to kind of publish it offline if you need to go and you know train employees that work in a manufacturing plant or on a retail store. So... It's really our idea of, you know, there's two compliance training that are important to us, right, is the learner and making sure they have content at the time of need. So being able to kind of, you know, remove those barriers so that if I'm a learner and I am in a country and I'm, you know, taking a client to dinner or a prospect to dinner and I need to understand what that policy is, I need to be able to access that information on my phone. I can't be, you know, logging into a system or, you know, calling my compliance officer, Right. So giving them the information that they need at their fingertips you know, is our goal, it's making it easy for learners to have what they need, to understand their risks, and if they are put in a position where a risk presents themselves, they can find the information they need to move forward.
1: In the current millennial and centennial age workers moving sort of beyond the uh, baby boomer generation through the Gen X and Gen Y generation to this latest generation of employees, have you seen that age group or those type of workers really want to engage in a different way in training?
0: Yes, I would say that people in all generations consume content very different today than they did 10 to 15 years ago, the idea that everyone can access anything on your mobile phone, that content presents itself really in short nuggets, right? So if you look at websites, your you know, everything is kind of condensed down. If you're on your mobile phone, your key points are pulled out to you. I would say, you know, you're not expected to kind of have to not access content anywhere and then not have it look like a modern website. So, you know, for us in compliance, ethics training content kind of always Looks the same. And that's been part of the disengagement or that's, I guess, been part of the story of how learners aren't, you know, feeling that they're, you know, this is a waste of their time. So, you know, we definitely have put some thought and effort into our design elements and thinking about how people will consume our content and really getting to kind of shorter pieces of information that are, you know, just like you open up a website to Google something, you know, you can grab the information that you need around, you know, your compliance ethics program on your phone and really thinking about, you know, what are the other ways? You know, where are the other ways millennials are learning, right? What are they growing up with? They're growing up with smartphones, right? They're growing up with media-based games. So all of this is going to come into play in the the ethics and uh, compliance. Some companies are already doing some stuff around this, but, you know, for us, it's really making sure that we're keeping up with those learners that are going to be kind of the next generation in the workforce. So making sure that content is ready to go on their phone, looking like any other content they consume today, it you know gets us to a place where they actually will, you know, be reading that and engaging with it versus you know a one-time training that they've forgotten
1: after they've taken it. Rebecca, I've heard you say that the effectiveness of compliance training is really a key story for compliance and that as much as you might collect data from the adaptive training, if the content you're writing is not designed for training and the data you get is not meaningful. Could you comment on that a little bit? Absolutely. The content is key to
0: making sure that you are getting the right responses as well as understanding what people are. So the idea of what we call reflective questions, where we're asking employees, what do you think? the idea of you know insightful questions earlier on in the, in the piece of content and then later on in the piece of content being able to go and say you said it wasn't a risk but later on you realized it was a risk let's unfold what happened here or why did you think it wasn't a risk so these these idea of this question isn't really about here's a scenario and did someone do something right and wrong? It really is about making sure that you're putting thoughtful questions to show people what the risks are. I'll say one more thing on that content because it could be word-driven or it could be media-driven. So when I think about some of the newer stuff we're coming out with, you know, where we have media videos that are talking about like security breaches and you as a learner are sitting there and you're watching something unfold, right? It may not be driven by any type of conversation, but you're watching and you as a learner have to engage, click on the hot spot where there's, you know, a risk and then that branches off to kind of the next scenario. And so there's different ways to use the branching and the content, but it's all about kind of the relevant scenarios for your business objectives, as well as thinking about the questions and the responses. So in a branching media simulation, you are going to get to understand what pathways people went down and maybe where they didn't identify risks that they should have or maybe where they did identify risks that you didn't think they were going to identify. So it really gives you flexibility from a content perspective to not only use questions, right, but to also think about the media elements, some gaming elements, really to put kind of a whole entire package together.
1: And I guess the thing I'd like to close on with you, Rebecca, is that another area I've heard you consistently talk about is that training should really be designed to help aid in the decision-making process when teams are under pressure. Can you explain that a little bit?
0: Yeah, I think that what we forget sometimes is that in the environment that we work in today, especially across the globe, there's a lot of pressure. There's pressure from the organization. There's pressure from, you know, your manager, your team members to get things done on time, to make your goals, to make your quotas, right, to deliver a project. So, you know, we think about in real life, you're not going to sit down and have a day or a couple of hours to think about a risk you're going to respond to something, you're going to have a scenario happen to you, and then you're not going to be sure if there's the right or wrong answer, and you're going to be put under pressure to make a decision. And so for us, you know, we've put out and thought about content that starts to kind of mimic a, a way to you know, incinerate pressure on an employee right by a time-based skill, to say, you know, given this question and you answer this and you have 10 seconds, what would you answer to really start to gauge where they're at? Because pressure is not going to go away. If we think about the emails we answer every single day, the projects and the tasks that we have to do, the pressure isn't getting less, it's getting more. And so we really have to understand what our employees kind of appetite for pressure is. You know, where do they start to make bad decisions because they're just trying to make a decision to, to move on with it? And then how do we provide resources to help them when they're under that pressure? So I think pressure is a really, pressure and power for me are two really key themes as we go into the next 18, 20 months to start to think about compliance training. Because I think, you know, when when I think about pressure and when I think about some of the, you know, Instances that have happened in the past couple of years, it's been all about hitting goals, right? It's been all about you know managers pushing down things that needed to get done, and this idea of you know the learner is following the lead of a manager, right? Or the learner is seeing what other people in the company are doing, or the learner is seeing something happen and and the person doesn't get in trouble. That's really creating, I think, some of our biggest challenges in the business. And I think compliance and ethics professionals, we have to think about how do we start understand that and how do we start to help our employees? So I did mention earlier kind of a bottom-up approach. For years, I've heard top-down, the CEO, the board down. You've heard really about middle management, right? Getting the the middle managers and they're helping kind of push out the, the story around ethics and compliance. But it's also the bottom up, you know, your bottom up employees are pushing your culture, right? They're the ones they are the new people coming into the the company or that have been there. Um, And we really have to start thinking about them and we have to really start, you know, helping them understand, you know, what is acceptable and what is not acceptable. And so I think, you know, for me, I'm going to really focus on that level and really think about the power play and the pressure play. And how do I make sure that those employees are A, in an ethical culture and B, you know, know what their risks are and know what to do when they are presented with those risks.
1: Rebecca, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time, but I've been visiting today with Rebecca Turco, the vice president at SAI Global of Learning. We've been talking about some fascinating and truly innovative ideas that SAI Global has come up with in terms of content, in terms of delivery platform and mechanism. Rebecca, I wanted to ask if anyone wanted any additional information on ethics anywhere. Could you tell us where they might go? Absolutely.
0: They can go to our website, www.saiglobal.com. You'll be able to find all the information around
1: ethics anywhere. Rebecca, thank you. And I look forward to continuing the conversation.
0: If you're a compliance professional looking for a convenient and effective way to fulfill your continuing education requirements, go to fcpacompliancereport.com slash courses and choose from four hour long training packages that will keep you current. That's
1: fcpacompliancereport.com slash courses.